Sadowski, and I'm a senior. I'm Brianna, I'm a senior. Aria, sophomore. I'm Naomi Harris, and I'm a junior. Lagaya, second semester sophomore. All right, so if someone wants to just summarize what happened um, with the emergency community council meeting or the events leading up to that. There were a host of things that happened, I guess. Um, the most recent one and the reason for the uh, statement that was read at the community council meeting, the emergency community council meeting, um, a group of students had a closed uh, Facebook chat and they um, brought in outside people, two regular people from campus, and two PAs, a uh, regular student, and three people in the group chat made homophobic and racist comments. One person used the N-word seven times, the other person made homophobic comments, two PAs, council members. Um, it was brought to the administration's view, and the administration responded with um, putting notices in the files of the two PAs and uh, gave the third person infraction only after the meeting was over. The it was brought to community council for the first meeting after Anne spoke uh, the, her climate survey. Um, and then the statement was read. After that, um, the head of council um, cut us off, and that emergency meeting was opened. Um, but the whole point of the, the emergency council meeting was that it's like an institutional issue and has been going on for a very long time, for at least like a minimum of four years when um, there was the bomb threat and the neo-Nazi on campus. Um, a bunch of upperclassmen and a few um, underclassmen um, sat down with each other and said, hey, look, this is not okay. Like, what do we need to do for the administration to realize that this is no longer, like this is something that we cannot keep perpetuating. The, the reaction to the community, the emergency council meeting, like, kind of revealed that there's a lot more work than maybe anyone really thought that there was to do. There was, like, a lot of hurtful comments that everyone continued to say, even though we were in a space where we were trying to move forward. Yeah, I think the next day, there were some posts on Yik Yak. They were also hurtful. Um, clearly, even, like, this emergency meeting, people didn't get through, like, any sort of message. The thing was, like, they were targeted towards one specific person, uh, which was, like, a part of the issue. Um, and there were also threats being made to that specific student. Um, and even prior, like, even beyond the Facebook chat, there have been other things happening this year, um, like, on the Internet and off the Internet. Um, an administration hasn't handled it in a way that certain people feel is appropriate or sufficient enough. There are some things that I'm not allowed to talk about, um, um, and there are some things that I can't talk about, such as, like, um, on Facebook, there are two students who have been teeter-tottering on the line of freedom of speech. Um, yeah, a lot of racist comments being back and forth. Fine line between hate speech and freedom of speech, and really like to throw in people's faces. Um, administration knows about these people, like, the, the two students involved who are towing that line um, have done incredibly racist things inside the, like, in the classroom space, outside of it. Um, administration has been tracking that, um, and the problem is, quote-unquote, it's a gray space, so, like, cyberbullying is a gray space, um, legally speaking.
we have all these posters up around campus about how you shouldn't cyberbully, but <laughs> if we're like, there's no reaction when it does happen, though. So, like, what kind of message are we sending there? I mean, if it's a matter of freedom of speech, if you're going on about another citizen, especially a person of color who feels like their safety and security is very much so threatened by what you say, and you do nothing about it when you figure it out, that is, in, your intent is in the wrong place at that point, and you should be accurately and justly charged with whatever criminal, like, infringement on their personal rights. So what can you say about the administration's response? I think the first thing that I'd like to throw out, sorry, um, is that they told the people involved in the group chat not to apologize, um, which I think is, like, very fascinating. Um, because They told them that they shouldn't apologize for the fear of being uh, attacked and targeted. Um, and yet, you know, that's kind of interesting considering, like, someone's feelings were hurt, like, someone, you're pressing another person outright, um, yeah, the administration backs the side. I mean, they may not, like, outright say that, but, you know, the actions kind of are implicit there. Yeah, and from, from what I got from some of the comments, was there are so many of these incidents of either microaggressions or maybe it's, like, something a little bit bigger, but there's so many instances that they think it's like difficult to maneuver and interpret which one is the one that they should deal with first or publicly. Yeah, I think another key point uh, is that these weren't just like regular students. There were PAs involved. There were members of community council involved. And I mean, I'm just thinking about like if I had an employee who like used that kind of language or didn't like like uh, make a statement like someone else, like their friend used that kind of language, especially like an employee who's supposed to like work like in the community and like help like people like live in this community whether it's like freshmen in Oliver or like freshmen anywhere else like I would have trouble like continuing to employ them um I think like that's true of like on community council too I know that I like personally don't want like my re representative on community council being someone that like could be a part of this group I'm also like really curious as to why they infracted the non-council member slash PAs like, so they um, infracted, like, the regular student, um, but they just put notices in the files of these people who are supposed to be, like, leaders and representatives of this community. Um, I just don't understand that. Um, I've been told multiple times that they are, um, they were served repercussions, but, like, um, I feel like if they are true leaders, then they should be also held to the same standard and higher, right? There should be something more substantial being done. I don't think it's so much about, I mean, I think there is an element of repercussions to these students too, but there's also an element of thinking about like uh, what like having these students in these spaces that they occupy continue to do to us. I mean, someone at the end of the community meeting said, you know, like, oh, all the PAs are getting together tomorrow to have their weekly meeting, like, tell us what you care about. But when one of these students involved is in that weekly meeting of PAs, like, how are you supposed to bring that up? How, like, I mean, even bringing this up to community council is difficult when the students involved are on council. Yeah, I totally agree with that because it is just perpetuating a system of, of hate speech, like in a culture where we can just kind of say things without really thinking about it. And then because you're in a position of power, everyone looking up to you is going to act similar because they can get away with it. Do you suggest dismissal or resignation from these members? Not so much resignation or dismissal, but just accurate punishment. Yeah. 
I don't think it's any of our jobs to like come up with the response to these students. I think that's a job for the administration um, and a job that we haven't seen fulfilled. I don't think like a simple firing either. Like there should be a step further. We should look at policy so like this doesn't happen again. Yeah. Like, it's not just a one person thing that's happening. Um, Nathan, do you know what the student handbook says about this? Um, I don't know what the student handbook says about this. Um, but I do know that uh, at a recent meeting, Bob Graves, a community meeting as well, Bob Graves said that the student handbook was purposefully vague so that they could tread around certain situations mm-hmm. like this. But I do feel like there should be some sort of moral clause. Yeah. Do you have the student handbook up? Is that why you're asking? No. no. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that been so good. <laughs> Come Just in right at that moment. Um. <laughs> we did our research. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think, like, a good question is, like, thinking about how do we hire PAs? Who do we choose? How do we train them once we've hired them? Like, clearly there's something wrong there if, like, these people can be hired right now. Well, I wasn't there, and I heard about it, and my response was just out of very, like, frustration at the rest of the student body for what they said on social media and how they targeted certain people that spoke out in public and decided to put their like own safety and security for the like for the benefit of future like hopefully the benefit of future generations of Simon's Rock kids that decide to come here. And it was just fascinating to me that people just kept going on about how it wasn't a matter of race at this point. It was a matter of all all students are subjected to the same amount of racism on this campus. And that came down to the point where people were not defining racism right. People were not seeing that this was an issue of how they were indoctrinated with this fact that whiteness is so a part of our society. And they just didn't understand when multiple students of color tried to explain this to them. And just also in addition to that, like a lot of the students actually steered the conversation more away from the issue of racism to this issue of freedom of speech and hate speech. And I feel like a lot of them don't understand or don't care to understand that when you're on a campus, especially like a campus that's like supposed to have this tight-knit community as like we're supposed to have here, and people say like hurtful things like this, that us calling them out on it isn't trying to like attack their freedom of speech and also with that like in defense if they have that with their freedom of speech if they have the right to say racist slurs or that they think that they do then we have the right to call them out on it and a lot of people like a few of the students that commented on it didn't see it that way like they just felt that oh well you're attacking their rights to say this racial slur even though it has a painful history and that they have no claim to that word. And like a lot of people didn't really seem to like understand that or wanna understand that. So there was like definitely a lot of the students were like moving away from the very real issue of racism that we have on this campus. There's also this part a lot of that I've been seeing where people um, people see the situation as like completely wrong and unjust and but they don't necessarily know how to combat the issue or how to get involved and how to make it better. Um, and during this emergency community meeting, right, we talked, some people 
talked about how we can move forward as a community, how we heal, like how do we do this both on an individual and institutional level. Um, but it's really sad that like there really isn't this like concrete way to tell them how to get it other than to say to yourself, check your privilege, understand the situation, um, educate yourself. And that means sometimes asking other people for help um, or reading or whatever that may be. Um, but those like on a very individual level, like that's that's what I keep seeing where no one's really sure like how to react if they are on the side of recognizing the issue. It's a, it's a very real problem when education is met with ignorance and how that plays out in terms of ignorance will always be violent and self-defensive in terms of in in terms of like the words they use and directing their aggression directly at you when you try to educate. It's very much a problem on this campus in terms of even students of color not being educated in systems of oppression that is on the not only on this campus but in society in general. And it's it's something that should kind of should be mandated on this campus in terms of dealing in terms of the people that have to deal with people of color, including people of color themselves, in order to educate themselves on how to accurately notice the systems of aggression and oppression and kind of how to deal with them in the right way. Because it was one of the things on Yik Yak that people who brought this who brought their problems up in public would be met with aggression from students of color. And that surprised me. Like, that surprised me because we are here to listen. We are here to give our input. But none of us, I'm not being a representative of the whole, like, students of color population, but none of us, so I've heard, would do that. to the Campus Climate Survey Report that was released recently. Um, so I'm going to read the last summary in the report and just have you guys respond to that. So it says, in summary, most students feel positively about their experience at Simons Rock, and this increases over their time at the college. And the great majority, almost all, reported that both academics, in-class experiences, and social life, friendships, were important to this experience. The only identity group difference was that LGBTQIA plus students felt their friendship relationships were particularly important. About half of respondents indicated that activities outside of class were important in their experience, and half indicated that diversity and or campus supports played a role in their decision to stay at or transfer from Simons Rock. So what do you guys think about that? I think like the survey like, fairly clearly showed that, like, students of color don't feel as supported, whether that's the academic supports, the counseling and, like, health services, student life, um, even, like, faculty. Um, and I think that's, like, great that, like, we can acknowledge that, but I think we all knew that beforehand. And then also, like, what can we do next? Like, there wasn't, like, any, like, in Anne's, like, description of, like, the campus climate in the survey, there's no, like, steps of how we as, like, a community or campus can move forward. I think she did well what she worked with. It was such a small, like, sample size. Like, so small. Like, I remember sitting in the community council meeting 
like when she was giving um, her like rundown, I remember looking at all the like, that was a very long acronym, um, like the, the queer, I know some people don't like the term, um, results and just being like, wow, well, there are some things that like I know that are part of like, as a queer person of color, like I know there are a lot of like overlapping things that don't match up that they were present, like presented. Um, also, we have a lot of this like neoliberal like standpoint for a lot of white people in this campus. So they think they're doing these amazing things and they think they're checking other people and spread like calling out people on the racism or whatever prejudice that may be, um, but they may not be doing it in the most like appropriate manner or doing it at all. <laughs> um, so it's like I felt bad. Um, Could you be more specific about that? So there was one question that asked like how good of a job you did dealing yeah. with issues of diversity, I think was the question. Uh, supporting not, diversity on campus. Okay, supporting diversity on campus. And I think like the results from the survey had like white students saying that they themselves did a very good job um, mm -hmm. and students of color maybe a bit less. Um, yeah, I think one thing to think about, right, so uh, like if we look at these list of grievances from two years ago, one of them is to conduct a campus climate survey. And so the mm -hmm. provost's office agreed to this two years ago, maybe three now. Um, and it took them three years. So in one way, yeah, it's good. They finally did what they said they were going to do. But why did it take so long? What actually, like, does, what can, are they going to now use this survey to, like, do? Okay, let me just introduce the grievances first. Um, so we have here the Owl's Nest grievances, which is from 2012. And it's a list that minority student clubs came up with that proposed changes that they wanted to see in the school community. So just looking over these, how do you think they were handled? And what do you think are the obstacles to bringing about these changes? Um, yes, I think as mentioned a bit earlier, there was a issue that came up surrounding Diversity Day with um, at least one student being incredibly racist and other students, uh, I think, going along as well. Um, a very like large uh, campus issue, and I think coming out of that, a lot of students like realized just like how shitty a job the administration like dealt with these issues, right? Like how deep like uh, institutional like racism was like in our campus, um, and so through a lot of meetings and a lot of hard work, um, a group of students and I think some faculty and staff uh, came up with. Uh, this list of grievances, so yeah, it's through the Owl's Nest Coalition, and I think also through the early forms of the Social Justice Committee. Mm -hmm. Yes, and then at the, uh, towards the end of the year, the provost's office went through the grievances, um, accepted all of them, I think maybe accepted some of them with slight modification, and agreed to enact them. I think we were looking at it last year, were you doing mm -hmm. part of that? And, and we did notice that there was, like, a lot of things have been touched upon, so like very shallowly where they kind of answered, but I think the administration could go a lot further with like really getting to the root of what we wanted. Yeah, I think maybe some more followed to like the letter of the request, but not like followed through in spirit. Um, some yeah. like the campus climate survey weren't followed through until this year. Um, I think others we haven't seen followed through at all. I just like, went through and there's only six that I see that were actually done yeah. out of this entire list. Let's talk about the ones that haven't. Have not? 
Lord, that's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we had to make a new one last year, a new list of grievances, because most of the ones on this list were not met. Or they were, the ones that were met were just, like, met poorly. Yeah. I love how all the ones from, like, the provost's office were, like, not done. Love that. They weren't. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, at least we got a procedure to guarantee input for spaces that are ours. Thank you, James Jeffries. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was cool. Yes, Owl's Nest that. has been renovated, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, they painted over everything. Yes. <laughs> um, Not over everything. They left a Du Bois quote. No. It's <laughs> just the Du Bois quote. Yeah. What about seminars? Since this is like. So they got real close last year, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> by real close, though, I mean they got real close to, I think, just cutting some three for the most part. Um, so. There's a lot of things that I'm getting all the SEM faculty to agree, getting all the people who aren't SEM faculty to agree. I mean, like, no one can agree on whether or not peace was racist or whether or not peace was, like, relevant to... Yeah, for every, like, peace that is, like, everyone hates, there's at least, like, one person who, like, really, really <laughs> loves that, right? Huh. Yeah, like, like, exactly the word that says we're working at seminar, more female authors, nope. More people of color, no. Less Western philosophy, no. Yeah, as much as they tried, I think they definitely like could could try more with reworking something. Like there's not like there's yeah. a committee to work on it now. Mm-hmm. Well, until it comes down to a structural change, and this these events will keep perpetuating, keep happening, keep getting worse, and it it won't necessarily make people of color feel the need or the have their own safe space to talk about it like this is at this point. And that's the most pressing issue at this point is that the structural changes need to happen in order to have people of color feel more safe and more secure with their identity on campus and let alone showing their like true selves on campus without pers- persecution. I'm using that word lightly, and discrimination I should have used, and it's just sad. What do you think, with everything we talked about, what do you think these events mean for Diversity Day? We just got, like, the workshop pamphlet thing in the mail today, so by judging on the a lot of the workshops that are going on, like, somebody's going to try to start something. Like, it's evident. I'm hoping it won't be too bad, but, like, the way things are going on this campus right now, like, who knows? You think in some ways it just kind of, like, emphasizes, like, how much, like, Diversity Day, like, isn't enough? Like, <laughs> how, how flawed, like, the concept is in itself, like, kind of is, that, like, here's this day for diversity, and, like, uh, and even thinking about like other things, I mean, so now it's like, like social justice and diversity day, but we still like always refer to it as diversity day. In some ways, that's like what we always see it being. Um, and so, like, why can't we like talk about some of these like more like structural things, um, like beyond diversity, perhaps? Like, it's not like all about like celebrating our diversity. It's about thinking of like how like so many like people like are fucked over, and like how can that like not happen? I also feel like diversity in general is just, like, not necessarily
necessarily a cop-out, but it's just like, here's your day, people of color and queer people, where you can talk about things. You have this whole day, congrats. <laughs> and then to just like leave it at that, and then like briefly bring it up. And so, because like aren't like the workshops like supposed to be like closed spaces or like safe spaces yeah. or whatever, so it's like, that just, it stays in that room, supposedly. So it's like, I feel like it's kind of just an attempt to just like keep all of like the queer and like racial issues just like in a safe space so they don't like branch out even though like the whole community is already affected by it. I don't know if anyone even like intends for it to be that, but that's definitely like what happens yeah. regardless. And you have people, you have people who we, uh, who've, we, who we have mentioned as being the problematic persons leading some of these workshops. Mm-hmm. And so... Leading workshops that they know absolutely nothing about, yeah. clearly, based on a lot of the comments that were made at the community council meeting. So okay. it's just really awkward to like see how that's going to go down. Because I just feel like you can't run a workshop if you don't have a good understanding about what you're trying to do a workshop on. And just already knowing, like, some of the people that are going to be in those certain workshops, like, I've already, like, crossed those out on my list, even though they, like, they seem really interesting because of the people who are running them. And, like, the people that I know are going to be in them because they're friends with the people who are running them. 